0: And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there.
1: Hi, this is Dayton Ward, author of a whole bunch of Star Trek novels, and you're listening to Warp 5 on Trek FM.
2: to get underway. Let's go. Welcome, Boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated enterprise show. I'm your host, Patrick Devlin, and I'm joined in the mess hall by the infamous Brandy Jackala. Hey, Brandy. Ooh,
1: infamous. I like being infamous. So, I'm. how are you, Patrick?
2: I'm uh, not bad. tired, but pretty good. <laughs> I, you?
1: I think we're kind of all in that same boat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to make for some giggles.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, and as always, we are joined by Trek FM's own, Brandon Shamatala. How are you, Brandon?
0: Uh, I'm pretty darn good, and I just want to tell you that resistance to my Canadian charm is futile.
1: (laughs) Oh, I learned that months ago. Almost a year ago now. (laughs) What does
0: infamous mean?
1: It means basically you're famous, but not necessarily for good reasons. Well,
2: but it's not necessarily bad either.
1: Yeah, basically, um, you're you're notorious is basically another good word for it.
2: Because there's like
0: sane... And insane. and Insane is like not sane. So to me, infamous would be like not famous.
1: Yeah, well, there's also flammable and inflammable, which both mean the same thing. So explain that.
0: Inflammable?
1: Yeah. Look would, it up. I they would think both that would mean, mean They both not mean flammable. flammable. No, oh, you would think that, but you'd be wrong. You can't listen English to dictionaries. Is weird.
2: You can't listen to dictionaries anymore, though. They, they made figuratively. No, they made literally mean figuratively.
1: no. Yes, I do not. I don't accept that. No,
2: I don't either. But Webster's did it, so you just can't believe them anymore.
1: I don't. I don't accept that. Just like how it used to be, card sharp, not card shark. But if you say something wrong long enough, eventually it becomes right.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Because you know what, I'm going to say enough times now loudly, is you know what I could never get when I was a kid, passers by. I always (laughs) said as passer (laughs) buyers. Because they run by and throw money at you as they go. Right, there, there's multiple passers buying.
1: Well, it's just you great. goes just like it's how it's not brother-in-laws, it's brothers-in-law. Brothers I have in-laws. three. I have two brothers-in-law.
0: I have, but I've, I've got two brother-in-laws.
1: <laughs> See, there you go. You but know what? This is so.
0: I have none. So, I have none. This is so <laughs> double plus good. Double plus good.
2: Well that's all right. Everyone always, and it drives me insane since we're going to talk about English now. It drives me insane when someone says um uh, when they mean when they say I couldn't stand it, but they say I could.
1: Oh or, or I could care less. Yes, you
2: know? no 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 you couldn't. That's the point. If you could yeah. care less, then you don't care lo- uh, small enough. You know, what? the crazy. Weird Al
1: Yankovic song Word Crimes is like my personal anthem <laughs> because it says everything that I want to say to people. Every day. And he even goes off on people who would say literally instead of figuratively. But now
2: well, now it means the same thing, so it's fine.
0: Here we go. I just got one last thing to say, and that is the English language will never make sense. And to try and think otherwise, you know what? Resistance is futile. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, and all I'm going to say on top of that is the next time you complain about someone not learning English, remember this moment because English is freaking hard to learn because it doesn't obey its own rules. Yeah, Double like plus I,
2: good. I before E, except after C in words like neighbor and y.
1: Except Weird. for one or two words that don't obey the rules.
2: Correct. Weird. <laughs> so, exactly.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, it's Patrick. Terrible. So... <laughs>
2: We should hit the
0: Borg up, though. Let's let's get to our topic. Let's put this train back on the track. That's here.
2: not totally off topic because we're going to be writing an episode here today.
1: Yeah, we've got to have proper grammar and, and punctuation.
2: Otherwise, they can't read the script. Right. So, <laughs> so um, whoa. But before we do that, uh, let, let's get into uh, some listeners' comments. Uh, I think we had some from this last episode, Brandon.
0: Did we? We had one. We had one from Justin Ozer, and this is from episode 135. And he said, great interview. I learned a lot about Captain Archer's favorite sport, and I have so much respect for water polo players now. Thanks. Now, just so everybody knows, we did have a few other comments in like the Enterprise fan group, uh, but this is your incentive to get into the Babel conference and make comments there. We saw the comments and I did respond to a few there, but uh, I think it was a fun interview. I think it was received very well. And I think we had a fun
2: time doing it. Well, I had a blast.
1: Oh, yeah. I thought it was great. I, I re-listened to it today, and I just thought, man, that was just so much fun. <laughs> and I learned so much. And And water polo players are double hardcore. That's yes, all there is to absolutely. it. Double
0: plus good hardcore.
1: Double plus good hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Grade A double plus <laughs> good hardcore. <laughs> Let's just keep Boy. putting stuff on top of that. <laughs> More adjectives necessary. Anywho.
2: Sorry. So the reason we're in the mess hall today is there's no place to write a good episode other than the hair on the ship. Uh, We can't use the command center. We can't use the command deck. So we're stuck here in the mess hall, but at least we get to have some pie. Yeah,
1: um, because, you know, there's like that whole buffet wall there.
2: Yes. And the drink machine. You know, I'm good with this.
1: I'm good with this because you
2: you need food. Okay, so today's episode we're going to write is the introduction of the Borg Queen. There was a rumor, uh, I've read online uh, a few places, that the Borg Queen was actually a human scientist who tried to. What's the word? Oh, she tried to cure the Borg. And in doing so, actually turned herself into the Borg Queen. Mm -hmm. So, where should we start this story?
0: Well, where did you hear that? Because I had heard that they were originally going to have Alice Krieg in regeneration as one of the scientists in the ice.
2: Interesting. Uh, I forget where I read it. I do remember reading it, though.
0: I think we got to go based off of regeneration somehow, because um, if we don't, like, it, it doesn't make sense that they would know about the Borg in the 22nd century to go and cure the Borg.
2: This right? is true. That, that's true, yeah. That, and that's... how so, would
1: they be working on a cure when the Borg were still mainly in the Delta Quadrant?
2: Right,
0: and the, the only reason that we had them is because of this weird temporal incursion from first contact. Now, just so the listeners know, this is an episode that that Patrick's wanted to do for a while here. Uh, it was his first idea that he brought to us. He says, let's write an origin story for the Borg. So I think we got to start with the end of regeneration, right, which is that signal being sent in space. And maybe, maybe somehow it's a, a crew member. Maybe the Borg Queen was a crew member on Enterprise, And we didn't see them get assimilated or anything like that. But maybe that's something that happened. What would you think about something like
2: that? I like picking it up right at the end of regeneration. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that would work because we know that that signals out there. But we still, at that point, and at this point in Enterprise, wouldn't know that much about the Borg's history. Because... All that we know was from those scientists interacting with the Borg and getting assimilated and assimilating more people and taking off in a ship. So we have to think about it with there's so much that we ourselves know about the Borg from other Star Trek series, but we have to come at it from the point of this is coming from the Enterprise timeline. So we can't use a lot of what we know in that respect.
0: Have you guys read the the books by David Mack, the Destiny trilogy?
1: Not yet. Okay, so I won't spoil it for you here. But for (laughs) the
0: listeners that are screaming at their iPods right now, I do know that the Borg origin story is in there as well. Because that is David Mack's Alpha and Omega for the Borg. And I do understand where the story is in there. um, But I don't want to spoil it for them who haven't read it yet so I'll leave it as vague as that and I, I know I've read them so I know where the story is and where it comes from but we're going to disregard that because that's just a novel and this is a podcast which is way closer to canon than a absolutely. novel. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, because
1: a lot of times the books actually aren't canon Because mm. and even David Mack said that about the first Discovery book.
0: But podcasts so, are canon.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> even if we kill off all the characters right now it's fine.
1: Yep, they all get a similar one. It counts. Just kidding. Yeah.
2: So, so, uh, and I figure if, if they're not, if someone's not screaming at us by now, we're doing something wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of how. Yeah. If you write if an we, episode, you kind of have to accept that you're going to get yelled at.
1: Yeah. If we haven't pissed anyone off yet, then I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. We'll do better. <laughs>
0: okay. Just as long as this scientist doesn't have threat ganglia,
2: I'll be fine.
1: Oh God. I, useless. <laughs> we're not talking about that this is that's why is we 100 never years he- before that
2: but that's why we never hear about it again because it didn't work <laughs> so no one even bothered talking about it there i fixed the cannon for everyone
1: do
0: we want to uh do we want to go with um she's from the arctic circle or wherever it was
1: oh yeah let's let's have it be with the scientists well, because that means bonita friteracy is now the borg queen and that brings my heart a lot of joy <laughs>
0: I don't know who it is.
1: She was the female scientist in that group, in the Arctic Circle. She's also married to John Billingsley.
0: Oh, an actress. Okay, I'm like, I don't know who his name is. I thought this was a scientist that you were telling me. I'm like, I don't know who this is. No,
1: no, no, no. She was. She played a scientist on the show.
0: Yes, yes. I did know that his (laughs) wife was in this episode. That's correct, yes. Yeah. So we want to go with that then? One of the women from the Arctic Circle?
2: Yes. I like that idea.
1: I think that's the most logical and... Um, plot progressive. That's but hold on, I,
2: I, I have at. a question. Um, so in the books, uh, without spoiling it though, in the books it's the Borg origin story, but is it the Borg Queen's origin story in there? No. Right, because they were going to specifically do the Borg Queen's origin. Right. You know what I mean? So the Borg had existed actually before the Queen got a singular consciousness. That's not yes. actually English either, but whatever, it works. Um... <laughs> Because <laughs> everyone understood what I meant when I said it, even though it's wrong. <laughs> so, um, literally, literally, yes. We will get that put in the dictionary tomorrow. I'm writing Webster right now. <laughs> but <laughs> it has to because it has to become canon. Mm-hmm. But okay, so so we're gonna go with woman in ice becomes war queen. Sure. Okay. Now how? Now, oh,
0: okay. I got a really interesting idea for this episode here. I don't want to like. Take the the runaway, but what if this episode was told from her point of view through memory, like where she's like, oh, and, and like it's like a a reflection of how she's feeling in these events and stuff. But isn't there some famous book where the narrator ends up that they're dead at the end of it and they're narrating the story after they've died? Like, what if something like this, like she's narrating it. As like a subconscious portion of the Borg Queen, but by so that but by the time we get to the end of the episode, she is the Borg Queen, but she's narrating it as the human when she's dormant as the Queen or something like that. Just, I don't know if I'm so maybe sense like here.
2: okay, no wait, no. So maybe like maybe it's her telling the story when she kind of like if she was in Unimatrix Zero.
0: Sure. Yeah. Okay.
2: You know, like she doesn't even realize that she goes into Unimatrix Zero and then tells the story of how the Borg Queen was created.
0: And she's relaying the horrors of what she's had to do. Like, so maybe she had to, you know, she had to help inflict the Borg on some of her coworkers. Uh And then when she got into Enterprise, I mean, we're kind of stretching, you know, the storyline. And uh, we didn't really see a lot on the ship. I mean, Phlox got injected with nanoprobes and he's immune to them, which I think is really cool. I like that myself. I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad
2: it's not a Vulcan because it's always the Vulcan who's immune to things. Well, yeah, you no wanna know something funny? <laughs> if
0: I can remember correctly, in the William Shatner's novel The Return, that he wrote with Judith and Garfield Reed Stevens, the Borg like didn't wanna uh, didn't want to assimilate Spock, who's in the book, because he had mind melded with V'ger and then they did this whole thing where V'ger was the Borg. I'm off on a tangent here, but this is yeah. this is the book that like takes place after of Generations, but
2: anyways. So they still mm. found a way to make the Vulcan Immune. Immune. He, yeah, saying. they did. Yes. <laughs> well, <it's laughs> oh, <own>. oh, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, guess what they're not immune to? Trellium. <laughs> nope. Drug addiction. <laughs> That's perfectly logical.
2: <laughs> so, mm. okay, so so now we have, all right, so we're going to tell it from the point of view of the subconscious part of the queen's psyche that only comes out in Unimatrix Zero. Sure. Now I now I know people are screaming at us, which so we You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> of
0: Voyager, Voyager Enterprise crossover. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah, and um so that would mean that Unimatrix Zero So would it be that Unimatrix Zero existed back then, or are we doing what we hate in the last episode of season four and this is all taking place in Voyager? Uh,
0: I would say that Unimatrix Zero would have always existed. And then maybe Maybe at the end the Queen decides that Unimatrix Zero is a bad thing and wants to wipe it out and she thinks she does wipe it out and that's why when we get to Voyager it's like really secretive in that it's still there but they thought it was wiped out
2: or something like that. Well like she, she also didn't... I mean also remember when they come out of Unimatrix Zero they don't remember that they were there, so it's easy to write that out at the end of the episode. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. She just never knows that she visited it. Okay. Remember yeah. Seven didn't remember until someone told her, No, you used to come here years ago.
0: Right. And they don't remember
2: when they come out either. So, until they get that, the hack. But, uh, that shows who goes silent or whatever. And, um, but, so, all right. So then Unimatrix Zero always existed. We're not telling this from uh, 200 years, whatever, later. Good. No, I'm fine with
0: (laughs) Unimatrix Zero having always existed.
2: So then, should the episode start in Unimatrix Zero?
0: Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we need to get a good teaser. So, it could start in Unimatrix Zero, where we have this beautiful woman running around having fun with with her friends in this forest, this jungle that we have, and then she wakes up at the at the end of the. It won't be a long teaser because it's Enterprise at this point, right? And she wakes up and we see that it's the Borg Queen. Like, may oh, because maybe because the whole thing's told from her point of view during that opening scene. Maybe it's just like a, a POV shot of the camera going in around. Here. We don't actually see whose point of view it is. Oh, right, okay, she so she's up. just
2: running around you know, Matrix Zero.
0: Right, with people, and they're having fun. You can see her hands, so you see that it's a woman who's running around or something like that. But then she opens her eyes, wakes up, and then we see it's the board Queen. And then, it's been a long road, getting from there to here.
2: <laughs> All those cutscenes. Yeah, oh, you can you can screw that up too. You can change all those cutscenes to have Borg stuff in them.
1: I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was just going to say that we are on the same page.
2: <laughs> you know, like it's a it's, a, it's a, been a long road
0: assimilating <laughs> from there to here. <laughs> <laughs> instead of war it's, it's
2: shows of the USS gestation Enterprise. of
1: the Borg from their first cube and the diamond <laughs> ships, <laughs> just transwarp conduits
2: floating on the ocean. <laughs> little Borg yes. spacemen yep before they were fully immune to the outside uh, elements so they had little space helmets Borg space helmets
0: mm-hmm. HMS Entercube yes <laughs> except it would be like Enter and then like a raised three intercube.
2: yeah <laughs>
1: I love it all of this. <laughs>
2: so apparently now we have not just ruined everything for you. We've ruined Earth as well. Yeah. <laughs> all of Earth history is now Borg.
1: So. <laughs> well, that's what they tried to do.
2: Yes, yes. Well, we, we, <laughs> we accomplished it.
1: Yes. Woo! We <laughs> did what they couldn't do. That's
2: it. Roll credits. Episode's over. So. All right. So then when we come out of the, the Borg-inspired intro, would we be seeing the Borg queen again, or would we be seeing how the Borg queen came to be?
0: I'm I'm sorry, but I just got an even epic ending to this. I was just sitting here and I just had a vision of an epic ending and how we could end this. Okay?
1: Don't say it yet. Don't say it yet. Write well, it down. We Write might it down. have to
0: we might have to pull a Star Trek Discovery and build from the ending and then nothing would work.
1: Okay, but, everybody hit mute. Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, skip it, forward it's not spoiling anything. Skip forward in the if come back. This entire story then is told in the fraction of a second before she dies. And so the last shot we see is that shot from first contact.
2: When
1: the cards oh. break in her spine. Yeah. Yes.
2: So we do pull an episode, season four, <laughs> last episode. I don't know, maybe. Cool. We, now but... we pissed everyone off, so it's perfect. I like it.
1: Yes. Everyone's fully full of rage. Yes. Fully full of rage. Wow. Fully of rage. No, that no. I'm not. Either.
0: I'm actually. I think that'd be a great ending if this ended up being like a, you know, like a flash point of death for her right before she dies, reflecting on how she became the queen. That would be that like, um,
2: dead. like our version of your life flashing before your eyes. Yeah, yeah. except well, yeah. hers happens in a millisecond in her brain.
1: Well, and that's what would happen with you know the cybernetic processing power that the Borg have. It would literally be. And I mean that literally. It would yeah. literally be a millisecond because of how quickly their brains process. The fact that she even bothers to speak, you know, must be just excruciating for her because it's not an effective way to communicate.
2: Okay, so, so, all right, so now, now we have to, now we have to pull a discovery and work forward. Right. <laughs> okay, oh. so
0: we've got, we got the intro to the episode and the exit. So the intro is her in Unimatrix Zero and then, uh, she wakes up, and the end of the episode is when she dies in first contact. And so the rest of it is kind of the story in between. So she's the scientist. She's she's assimilated on Earth, right? And then perhaps we see it from her point of view, the assimilation process. And she's the one who has to assimilate her her the other people. And just before the ship is blown up, I guess... Maybe a maybe a small chunk of it has escaped or something, and she's able to generate a transwarp hub drive or whatever. I can't remember my terms for this. And, like, warp back to the Delta Quadrant or whatever.
1: So, a transwarp conduit.
0: Thank you. There we go. Transwarp yep. conduit. She can, like, open one up, and she gets away. And because it's early enough, and because of the time differential... Right? That's the reason why maybe she's the origin of the Borg by going to the Delta Quadrant where the signal was sent to, and then she starts assimilating people there. And that could be, like, the next chunk of the the story is her escaping the Enterprise and then going to the Delta Quadrant, and the next chunk is her in the Delta Quadrant starting to assimilate some planets.
2: Okay, what if we... That's Okay, so I was thinking more along the lines of that the Borg Queen actually because um, we started talking about her being in um, Unimatrix Zero, right? So the Borg come, they assimilate her, she, she ends up going into Unimatrix Zero. We're watching this from her point of view from there. What if her becoming the queen was always her plan to get rid of the Borg, and then when she became the queen, she got power hungry and didn't want to destroy the Borg? What if she created Unimatrix Zero?
1: Dun, dun, dun. You realize, you realize of course, that this is all paradoxical.
2: Of course, it because... is. They 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 went back in time to create something that was already created. Yeah, so right.
1: she. <laughs> well, no, My but... brain just broke. I'm okay. I'm okay. Well, maybe she
2: doesn't create the Borg itself. We I no, mean...
1: but she creates herself.
2: Well, no, they and... create her.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they create her, but at, at the same point, without her sending them back in time, so she creates herself. Right. Because herself in the future ha- knows that she has to go back in time in order for those Borg to be frozen in the Antarctic, to be revived by her, and turn her into a Borg.
0: Yes. I like that. That that That's so Star Trek. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but it could happen the first time without her in- interference, but then she just has to keep making sure it happens each time.
0: See, that's why I don't believe time travel is possible myself is because i you know for everybody's like oh the circle like at at some point something has to start something there has to be that linear progression but i'm not going to get into a time travel debate you know, <laughs> we, let's
1: we please do, not do that we can yeah,
0: do that on
2: another that. episode yeah so.
1: <laughs> debate time travel write that one down
0: right so yeah so okay so so she she is the board queen she sends them back in time to to create herself who's the scientist on earth um she escapes in a piece of debris when the Enterprise blows up that ship. That goes to the Delta Quadrant, and then that's when she, she starts to create the Borg then and build them up by assimilation and stuff, right?
2: Okay. So we pick up, right after the intro, we pick up with her being assimilated and hitting the transwarp, right?
0: Being assimilated, and then maybe a little bit of time we spend on that ship. Okay. Right before it gets destroyed, mm-hmm. uh, like the, the, her being in Unimatrix Zero doesn't necessarily chronologically in the episode doesn't have to be the first thing that occurs. It's just to get us in the episode, like in the episode Impulse. It wakes up. The episode starts with Depaul screaming, right? And but then really we we go back later, yeah, a couple of days earlier, whatever it was. But it's you just know
1: what? a. I really hate that starting with this and then it goes to 24 hours earlier and I'm like, "Oh lord, stop doing that." I don't like that, that either. I normally Just don't. But stop doing that. Everybody it works, does it. But I think it, it works for this episode. It and works in this case because we're fiddling it's with easy. time in reality. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and everyone does it cuz it's easy. Yeah, but in reality, <laughs> at the end at the end of all this, we're going to all of this took place at one moment. So it doesn't matter where we Stick it's the memories true. into the it's episode true. because none of that is actually taking place while we're watching it anyway. Right? Yeah, yes.
1: Okay. Wibbly wobbly, tiny whiny. Whee! Yes.
2: We're good at that on the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. So okay. So then, all right. So you see others get assimilated. Um, maybe we get a couple scenes where they actually show like more of the assimilation process itself. Uh, right. And then she hits the transwarp conduit and goes to the Delta Quadrant. Sure. And what happens next?
0: So she starts She starts with her first assimilating of a planet. But we could see at this point that maybe she's, like, sad and doesn't want to do it. But the Borg technology is overtaking her and giving her no choice. Almost like a Locutus where, you know, we see that tear in Picard's eye. Well, right.
1: see, and that's the thing. That's why Locutus was special. And that's why, you know, retconning the whole Locutus thing and how that's why... She gave him a name, instead of him just being another mindless drone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. Right, but
2: something had to make her special to become queen too, right? So, what is it? What is it about her that made it so that she was able to become the queen and not just another drone? Because presumably, up until that point, you only have drones.
0: Right. So my idea is this: is that okay? So, the Borg Queen sends everybody back in time. Then then they get frozen, they create her, but she's the only one to survive and go to the Delta Quadrant. When she gets to the Delta Quadrant, there are no Borg, because she creates the Borg, and because she creates them, she's the queen. Right? Yeah, so because So the temporal she would paradox be... is her—she's the first one to create the Borg, okay. but she creates herself. Yeah, because
1: she would be the one creating the hive mind, and therefore she'd be top dog. Right,
2: okay, so yeah. the, the paradox itself is what's special about her. Right. Yeah. That gives her the ability to become queen.
0: What
2: mm-hmm. if, we, and then there you go. What
0: if we just name this episode "Paradox"?
2: I, I like it.
1: Can we do that? <laughs> Paradoxical. <laughs> but yeah.
2: I like it. Um, okay. Well, oh, that really poops my whole. She wanted to destroy them. That's why she became the queen thing. Okay. So now where do we go from here? So now she goes, and now we start seeing her. She she goes to a, a planet. And she starts to create more Borg.
0: <gasps> okay.
2: Uh-oh. He's Apparently, got
1: something. Apparently Brandon he's has got the something. idea.
2: It's what you just said where you're like where she
0: wanted to destroy the Borg and that's why she did it. Well, what if no? And that's why we get that term resistance is futile is that she's like she's got this inner monologue fighting herself. And at some point she says, I can't resist this anymore. I can't. I don't want to do this. Like we see her kill one person and make them a Borg. Another one. She's crying. And then she's like, I can't handle this. I can't resist this anymore. Resistance is futile. And that's going be like the first time that the Borg say that.
2: Okay. Because... So basically we've narrowed the Borg down to being drug addicts.
1: <laughs> Not
0: drug addicts. No. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick.
1: <laughs> I don't hey, want to do it. Look, she's <laughs> the bang. human part of this woman is now in the sunken place. Okay. She can only view what's going on, but she can't control it anymore.
0: That's a get out reference.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Brandon I appreciate you jumping in with that I've seen okay. Get Out <laughs> I, I, have, I haven't yet
2: Okay, um, Okay. So, so so, Not only is she the queen Not only does she create herself She also creates the resistance is futile In, a, in a, a monologue in her own head When she's starting to, to bring about New Borg Why not? Cool. No, I like it. I'm just trying to get okay, to the points guys. here. <laughs> um, and then after that, now now she's, she's uh, assimilated. I was about to say converted. But she's assimilated a couple planets. So now she starts having a force, right? An actual force. And the little one-man ship that she took back to the Delta Quadrant, she's actually built into spheres and cubes and diamonds and baseball hats and whatever else she wanted to fly <laughs> around the universe with. So, <laughs> whatever they came up with and those planets. Um, why those shapes? Perfection, because they're, you know, like she's... But circles don't make sense.
1: Yeah, well, they don't need to make sense, because they're a sphere, and you don't have to have a particular shape to exist in space and fly in space. No,
2: but cube makes sense because it's extremely utilitarian. Yeah. You can fit the most amount of drones into a cube.
1: Yeah, well, maybe she—maybe that's some of her human artistic side. Artistic side, yeah.
2: She cool. was a bowler. She... Perfect. <laughs> ah! Okay.
1: Really, maybe she just really liked skee ball. Yeah. You well, don't know. Maybe, who knows?
2: Maybe <laughs> she also liked water polo. <laughs> who knows?
1: Hey, according to last full measure, Archer was an actual water polo player, and that's why he's so obsessed with it.
2: Yes.
0: Yes. Measure. 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 Me- measure.
1: Measure. <laughs> measure. Measure. Uh,
2: so, measure. So tune in. Guys, tune in next week for our <laughs> English class. Um, we, for people who have been listening for a long time, uh, we used to have a math class that went on here every time I guessed it on this show. <laughs> Apparently that's become English.
1: I'm really good at English. I, I'm okay.
0: I, I'm going to take a step back because I got one more thing that I would like to see in the episode, but I don't want to dominate the writing of this episode. I'm gonna, I'll am going to, i take a step back because I have one more thing that I think we need to see in this episode that would be wonderful.
2: Okay. All right. so. so now now, I think we should see the start of the war with Species. What is their number? Anyone remember? 8472. 8472. Eight, four,
1: two. I yes. knew there was a four in there. So but now, that's
0: so okay. Now that's after first contact, though. Yeah. Right.
1: That's in the Voyager quadrant well, or Delta quadrant. But we're Thailand. in
2: the Delta quadrant, right?
0: Yeah, we're right, in the but, Delta
1: quadrant, but we're not that far in the future yet.
0: Right. I got the impression that the war with eight four seven two is like just a recent thing. Like well, maybe, it just I, recently. Honestly,
2: occurs. I'm not that versed in um, Voyager, so
0: yeah. Okay. Well, I could give you my idea if you want. From like one other thing that I'd like to see in the episode because we never got the explanation of it. And this is the kind of thing that they do in episodes like this. I'd like to see when Guinan's planet gets taken over by the Borg. I think that'd be a great thing to see, and that would could be like maybe the last climax of the episode or something like that, where they take over the planet Aloria, Aloria, Alorian, Aloria, Alorian. So,
2: okay, so that would be so that that planet would be the last scene before we cut back. Maybe the camera panning out from her eye, you know, on that last moment before she dies.
0: Yeah, I think so.
2: So what else yeah. can we stuff in here? <laughs> we need something between the taking over all the planets to that planet. We need something in there. And we have no B-plot so far, so.
0: I don't think we need one. So like, so the introduction is maybe like a, she's in Unimatrix Zero, and that's how it starts. So this is what we got so far. And then the next, the first act is... Her getting assimilated and assimilating some of her her crewmates on the the, uh, ice mission. uh, Leaving, and then just before they get destroyed, she gets sent off to the Delta Quadrant. She escapes and goes to the Delta Quadrant. Act two is her coming across her first planet and deciding to start assimilating. But she's having trouble... You know, she's she doesn't want to do it. She assimilates one. She assimilates a second. Then she realizes she can't she can't resist it. She Resistance is futile. She says that. Right.
2: Okay, so this is the moment where Unimatrix Zero gets created. Because she sure. feels bad about Ooh. taking away their, for lack of a better word, humanity. She creates that as a place where they can go to still be individuals.
0: I like that, actually. Yeah. Her regret over having to do this. Created Unimatrix Zero, and then we could get a, the scene that we saw at the beginning of the episode,
2: right? Maybe from a different point of view, where we actually see her interacting, more of actually her interacting,
0: right? So then Act Three could be like, you know, it's a little bit down the line, but it's it's a it's a, a full act that's within Unimatrix Zero, with the Queen. So we could see her interacting with other Borg within Unimatrix Zero. Then Act Four would be the final act, which would be taking over Guinan's planet,
2: right? And then and then the, the episode death. ends, right? Right on the death. Yeah. yeah, I like that episode.
1: Yeah,
0: let's write this as a book, David Mack. Where are you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's get on
0: this. <laughs> we we could probably flush it out with one more act. I think most TV has about five acts. Is that about right? Yeah, sounds they're about, about right. Act five. But I don't know, Like maybe we could flush it out somehow, but that's basically... I don't know, I think that's a pretty good no, that's, structure I, for an episode.
2: Yeah, I think like along with the Unimatrix Zero, maybe at first they remember when they come out, but then the Borg implants themselves to protect against people not wanting to be Borg um, evolve to, to take those memories away, so you only remember them when you're in. Then little by little, they that evolves out of the... Only the original Borg would have that, and that's why they're like two on this ship and two on that ship when we get to that part. You know, because it was only those first, let's say, three or four planets she assimilated that she gave that ability to, to go to you in Matrix Zero. Okay. Um, and then it would have to be unlocked in you somehow, you know, and that just naturally progresses into, a, um, I mean, this doesn't have happened happen in our episode, but that those people naturally become the resistance because they remember their individuality.
0: It's like an app. You become a board for free, but then you have to pay credits to get into the Unimatrix Zero. <laughs> right, right.
2: right. $1.99. Those,
1: those in-app purchases, they get yeah. you every time. But
2: the commercials go away if you buy them, so it's worth it. Resistance <laughs> is futile. <laughs> right.
1: Okay, I just had the most bizarre thought. Okay. What if, as a final stinger, after we see Picard killing the Borg Queen, that the very, very final, final scene, right before the credits start, is the voyager board queen waking up
0: See, now know i like it but the difference with that is that Susanna thompson played the Borg queen in voyager twice i think it was and then alice Krieg came again and i really wish they didn't bring alice Krieg back for the end game i like alice Krieg, but it just it messes with my head that this is supposed to be the same one even though she died it yada 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 mm-hmm. so in my head canon Susanna thompson is the Borg queen in end game as well but you know
1: that's fine because That's I love for... Susanna Thompson. I love Alice Craig as well. Don't get me wrong, but I really yeah. loved Susanna Thompson as the Borg Queen.
0: Yeah. and she was also in uh, D. Space Nine. Hey.
1: Yeah, she was. Hey, eh? she was. Uh, she was a trill.
0: Yeah, she was the trill that Jadzia Dax kissed.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I'd kiss Susanna Thompson, well, not so in a romantic way, but you know, she's. I just really like her. <laughs> I'm just gonna
2: shut up. <laughs> Rails off. Rails off. Okay, so yeah, so
0: then she wakes up as Susanna Thompson. and We get Susanna Thompson guesting in this episode as well. I'm okay yeah, with that
1: because it's obvious. I mean, they've made it clear in Voyager that there is more than one Borg queen, and that the memories would be shared throughout the Borg because she was the nexus of the hive mind. So
2: right. Okay, so now I'm not like I said I've watched Voyager, but I, that's not my, you know, that's not my favorite. Um, when they make that clear, there's more than one Borg Queen over time, or they so there's only one at a time, though, right?
0: See, I got the impression watching Voyager that it was supposed to be the same Borg. Queen. That's what I thought. So that's the impression at, that because I
2: everything I read Voyager. also just said that uh, they went to uh, who was the first one? The first one Alice was Alice Creek. That was Alice Creek. was the first right? Borg
0: Queen in First Contact, and right. then Susanna Thompson was in two. Uh, I th- I think it was it was Dark Frontier and Unimatrix Zero. Yes, that sh- that Susanna Thompson showed up, and then Alice Creed came back for Endgame. Yeah, and
2: the only re- what I from everything I've read, it was only because when when they did the movie, you know, one was there, and then she wasn't available, so they switched. Yes. and then that's right. She became unavailable for the last episode, so they just switched back. Right, it, you know, it was it wasn't a conscious thing. It was just like, uh oh, we need a character.
0: Right. I was just thinking, so if we wanted to flush out that one more act, if we did, the only other logical storyline that we would need to see another point of view would be the Dark Frontier timeline with with Seven of Nine and her parents. Because that's the other episode that has the Borg Queen in it, right? And that would tie, like, everything together throughout Star Trek continuity for the Borg Queen. And we could just see a little bit of how the Borg Queen is the one who saved Seven or something like that, right? As a child. Because there is that bond between seven and the borg queen
1: yeah well and that's the thing the borg queen does say that she allowed seven of nine to leave the collective right not that she thought that they rescued her but that she allowed it right right yeah,
2: yeah i don't know. i, I kind of always felt they wanted to tell you that eventually that the, the borg queen was her mother but
0: yeah, no because we we saw in dark frontier that she had Her parents.
2: No, I know they they were. They went. They were research, right? That's what they were. Researchers, yeah. And then they were taken. But, uh, but if we were just sending people back in time to create people, that could be easily fixed too.
0: (laughs) Don't mess it up too much. (laughs) I like this. I don't know. I like. I think this is a really interesting episode. I don't know. This is good.
1: Yeah. So
2: see, we should get to write season five at least one episode.
1: We totally should. And who cares if this contradicts stuff that's on Memory Alpha? I don't care.
0: I I purposely didn't even look today. <laughs> I mean, there's there's things in episode 15 of Star Trek Discovery that contradict stuff that was in episode 14 of Discovery.
1: Yeah, it's just it's part of part and parcel of Star Trek, man. Part and so, parcel of Star Trek. It's just if you don't like what we're doing, well then we're doing it right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Somebody's loving it and this is their favorite episode. And then you know,
2: and yeah, and then someone else is yelling at them that they don't know what they're talking about.
1: Yeah, so, exactly. that's that's and how they, we do it.
2: And those two probably live together.
1: Mm-hmm. So, they're either uh, related by family or by marriage. Yep, yep. <laughs> they're,
2: they're yelling at each other over our podcast as we speak. Yep. Okay, so do we want to call this episode
0: paradox, or resistance, or futile? We could. They could be one of the three, really. Like. Paradox, because it is a temporal paradox. And then Resistance or Futile, because she's the one who invents the term Resistance is Futile.
1: Hmm.
0: Or, it, no, there's an episode called Resistance already in Voyager, yeah. I think. But, I mean, that doesn't matter, because we had Nemesis and First Contact were episodes in movies. So.
2: Yeah, I mean I like the idea of Paradox, so. Sure. I
0: do, yeah, too. Let's go, with that. let's go with Paradox as the title. So. This
1: would, uh... it, it covers the basic... MacGuffin of why this is happening. So,
2: yeah, Yeah. I think this would be like an episode five of the season. Sure, seems like a good place for a throwaway episode.
1: (laughs) Oh man! (laughs) Come on, we've done some good work here.
2: But it has no long-standing effect on Enterprise.
1: No, it doesn't. It doesn't.
0: We're looking for a third host of the show. Patrick's going to be leaving.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Nice working with you guys. Thank you.
1: Yeah, well, uh, it was all fun and games. Hey, until...
2: I, I must now hold the record for being thrown off this show. So <laughs> at least there's that.
0: I think we got a great episode. So, yeah, we got the we could start off with you, Matrix Zero. Uh, and then her eyes open and we see it's the Borg Queen and then it goes to the theme song. And then we got the the first act is leaving Earth, getting assimilated and the ship getting destroyed by Enterprise and she evacuates to the Delta Quadrant. Act 2 is her first assimilation. She doesn't like doing it. She comes up with the term resistance is futile because she she can't resist this force that's within her. Um, act 3 is uh, in Unimatrix Zero because she invented it as a way to pull herself out of being the Borg Queen. Or at least the guilt uh, of it. Yeah. Act 4 could be the destruction of Guinan's homeworld. Act 5 could be introducing some aspect of how she's got this connection to seven by that she's brought seven into the collective herself and then she dies and then we we pull out of her eye and we see her die in first contact and then we fade to black and just when you think the credits are going to come up her eye opens up and it's Susanna thompson from voyager yes paradox Mm
2: -hmm. and we used almost no enterprise characters (laughs)
0: That's okay.
1: <laughs> yes, but all of these events got going because of Enterprise, really. Yes.
2: So Enterprise created the Borg.
1: Yep. There we go.
0: Sure. Through a paradox. Let's go with that. I love it. Excellent. Right on.
1: They didn't. They didn't specifically. I mean, the show created the Borg, but the Enterprise crew did not.
2: We can write that episode another time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not because it all started happening on that Antarctic station. Gosh. Okay. When the
2: two ships flew together and they weren't really there because they cheated and then they split, (laughs) the other ship was actually in the future making the Borg go back in time to create the Borg. (laughs) Cold open for next week.
1: Sweet. (laughs) Great. Let's write episode six.
0: (laughs) This is why we have a writer's room with the three of us. I love it.
2: So, Ooh, that got out of control quick.
1: <laughs> well, it's the three of us. What did you expect? <laughs> <True>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I think that's about all for the episode, right? I mean, yeah. nothing yeah. really else to add. That seems like a perfect episode of Enterprise anyway. It, it kind of has everything you expect to see in the way an Enterprise episode would have been written in the first place. It's been fun talking about the Borg Queen today, but this isn't the only thing we've been discussing on the network. So here's a quick look at some of the other things you may have missed elsewhere on FM
0: previously on trek.fm the ready room i'd like to see a starship where the chief medical officer is a Oh, and see his bedside manner
1: <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see
0: your your crappy Lewis zimmerman hologram <laughs> right. amalgamation and raise you
1: a Tellarite doctor yeah uh-huh the 602 club
0: this is such an incredible beachhead in terms of what they do with what we come to expect now with, like, the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy or resurrecting Peter Cushing. Warp 5.
1: We share about 50% of our DNA with a banana, so I think we're a bit yeah. closer to to <laughs> reptiles uh, than 50%, but still. No, no, yeah,
0: I, so I, what I, you're <laughs> saying is it's possible to have an intelligent banana.
1: Um, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm 50% that. 50% banana.
0: TO THE JOURNEY!
2: Bullions don't have a lot of hair.
1: That we know of. So I mean, we've never seen a shirtless bullion, have we?
2: Not that
0: I can recall, unless it would be in sick bay or something like that, but I can't recall an incident of
2: a shirtless bullion.
1: <laughs> How do you know that they're not hairy-chested?
2: I kind of love the idea that, like, from the neck down, they're covered in hair, but they're <laughs> bald on <laughs>
1: top. <laughs>
0: And that's what else is happening on
1: Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. And you'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, or or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And pretty please, with sugar on top, would you leave us a star rating and written review? The written review is really important. It helps people find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we will cradle you anyway into our bosom. And you can find our shows on Google Play Music's. Ditcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can scream, you can scream, you can scream, just scream your little hearts out, you can stream and download the mp3 file from our website, or grab the RSS link.
0: We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the search field on Facebook. It should come right up. And once you get there, you'll never re- leave because resistance is futile. <laughs> if you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at Trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. Brandy, Where can people find you when you're not crying your little heart out because you don't want to assimilate
1: people? Oh, and that would totally be me, too. That would be me. (laughs) That's exactly how I would react to that. Well, you can find me in the Babel Conference, of course. Uh, I won't be assimilating anyone, I promise. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at BrandyWine12. Brandy is with an I. The 12 is a number. And I also do a podcast with my husband called The Dark Corner Podcast, which you can find on strangeanddeadly.com. And we talk about things from a darker point of view. And when new episodes of Discovery are running, I co-host Live from the Edge with Bruce Gibson but that won't be back for a while but when it is look out world here we come
0: Patrick where can people find you when your life is not flashing before your eyes before Captain Picard snaps your spine
2: <laughs> so, so if I'm not dying at the moment they can find me at the uh, Babel conference I pop my head in and out of there and they can find me on Twitter at magic drop five uh, it's one word The uh, five is a number I'm not nearly as busy as the rest of you So, that's pretty much the only places you can catch me. So, Brandon, where can people find you when you're not going back in time to make sure your parents have you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So much better than mine.
0: (laughs) Um, You, you, you can find me on the PayPal conference every once in a while, poking my head up. Uh, You can find my Twitter at BrandonMatella. Uh, You can find me here on the network with The Edge, which is our Star Trek Discovery podcast. And you can find me over on the Fandom Podcast Network with a show called Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast, where we've just finished up our last silent film by Hitchcock. Oh, it's been a long run of silent We're very happy to be done that.
1: Yeah. I understand. (laughs) I do.
2: If you'd like to help us keep all your shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash FM. That's P A T R E O N dot com slash Trek FM to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details on Patreon.com slash Trek FM.
0: And at this time, we would like to thank very much our associate producers of the show and of the network as well. We've got some wonderful, wonderful people who have graciously decided to donate to Trek.fm and we couldn't thank them possibly enough. So we will try, even though resistance is futile and I don't know, I can't even make that a good board (laughs) thing.
1: I'm sorry. Uh,
0: We appreciate everything you can do. You guys are in us like nanites. Mm -hmm. We'd like to thank Norman C. Lau, Borg 7 of 12. Floyd Dorsey, Borg 3 of 2. Mike Morrison, (laughs) Borg pi r squared. Tim (laughs) Tim Cooper, Borg 8 of 18,382. Justin Ozer, Borg 1 of of 1. Mark Flessa, Borg 18 of 4. And Joe Saltzman, Pirate Borg extraordinaire.
1: 1804.
2: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Should we tell them what's coming up in the next couple episodes?
1: Yeah, yeah sure.
0: Ex- excellent. Next week, we're doing our next movie night episode, and we're going to be covering The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original <laughs> classic. And the week after that, we're going to be doing our Essential Enterprise Season 2. I know that it's been a while since we've covered Season 1. That was way back in December that we did that. I but, remember. Uh, I was there. Yeah, we're finally <laughs> going to get to Season 2 of that. And then the episode after that is going to be our first part of our Season 4 retrospective. So if you guys want to watch ahead of time, watch The Day the Earth so Still, and then you can watch Stormfront Parts 1 and 2 and Home. We're only going to be covering three episodes in that podcast, but those are the next couple that we've got coming along yeah
2: thank you again for joining us on warp five and remember keep calm and boom on